Saturday with Colm Mungon on RTE Radio 1. Hello again. Now we're going to move into the second referendum to be held on March 8th. That's the 40th Amendment, also known as the Care Amendment. It's going to be on the green ballot paper you'll be presented with. Senator Michael McDool is still here. We've also been joined by Fine Gael Senator Mary Siri Carney, who's the Shannon spokesperson for her party on children, disability, equality and integration. We're going to deal firstly with the proposal to remove from the Constitution the following two articles. In particular, the state recognises that by her life within the home, woman gives to the state a support, without which the common good cannot be achieved. The state shall therefore endeavour to ensure that mothers shall not be obliged by economic necessity to engage in labour to the neglect of their duties in the home. Now, what you've just heard there would be removed from the Constitution if the 40th Amendment is passed with a yes vote. Senator uh, Mary Siri Kearney, thanks for joining us uh, this afternoon. What would be achieved by the removal of what we've just heard? Right. Well, well Colm, on, on the 8th of March, I'm going to be uh, advocating a yes vote and giving a yes vote myself because the whole momentum of society is about recognising care given not just by mothers, but by uh, different male, female, mothers, daughters, sons, daughters, you know, uh, the entirety of the family within the home. And uh, as long ago as 1997, an all-party committee uh, recommended that this become a gender-neutral uh, provision in the Constitution. Uh, and, the, and the fact is, this provision now that, that is going before the people will widen the, the definition of who's doing the caring in the home by removing this and strengthen it. You know, there has been ju- judicial unease with this particular provision in the, uh, in the Constitution. The article doesn't reflect the society that we live in. You know, there are... It is extraordinary that we would have a provision in the Constitution for one gender and, and not even the entirety of that gender, the, the one group of women within that gender, and that is that it only prefers, uh, prepares uh, or, or provides for women. Um, our society has moved forward beyond that. We okay. now reckon that we have paternity leave. We have, uh, you know, we, we have parents leave, parental leave. We issue with the gender pay gap, all to recognise about the fact that care is done by others within the home and the bonding between parents and child is not just mothers and child, but also that women need to move outside of the home and shouldn't be discriminated for the fact that they're mothers when they're outside of the home. So okay. the, the constitution needs to reflect the people as they live their life. Okay, Michael McDool, why do you... Uh, oppose the removal of this clause? Well, two two reasons. Firstly, um, this clause has been the cornerstone of very important decisions. One of them was the Murphy decision, uh, which um, invalidated the Income Tax Acts, which uh, treated married people less favourably than, um, the, than unmarried people. And the Supreme Court relied on the exact wording that, Mary, that, that we've we're just men- mentioned now to uh, invalidate that um, uh, um, uh, t- income Tax Act uh, uh, provision and to say that uh, uh, there couldn't be discrimination against um, a couple, one of whom was uh, looking after the children in the home. They couldn't be dealt with more um, more unfavourably than, than other situations. The second thing is that the Constitution does not say, and uh, um, Ms Justice Baker, the chairman of the Referendum Commission, has been at pains to say it. It doesn't say that woman's place is in the home. It says no such thing. It simply says this, that the state should endeavour to assist mothers 
who are um, parenting within the home uh, to, uh, by um, who do not wish to be forced by economic necessity to leave the home and to work outside. This does not mean, and it just simply does not mean, that um, somehow um, the Constitution says that uh, women are um, uh, at a disadvantage in the workplace. On the contrary, uh, Article 45 of the Constitution says very clearly that all citizens, men and women equally, are entitled okay. to uh, to earn their living. But to uh, ask the question, I suppose, about the specific mention of mothers and their duties in the home, and only mothers mentioned in that context, would you accept the analysis that this article is a product of its time when fathers were not as hands-on in the 1930s? Oh, undoubtedly, um, it, it reflects that fact of life. But I mean, the the reality and the facts of life now are no matter what people th- uh, may say in in, in, in um, debates of this kind, that the great majority of of, of, of of parenting in the in in the home is done by women, and many many women do not want to be forced by economic necessity to leave uh, their home and to work outside. And the same article, but by are, the way, aren't the, they in effect already? Uh, forced to to work outside the home by economic necessity due to house prices and due to a number of other factors. A whole series of things puts economic pressures on families. But um, Chief Justice Finlay relied on this precise article to say that where a husband um, with means was separating from his wife or getting divorced from his wife, um, he could not say you should go out to work if um, if she wants to choose to remain in the home and that alimony and support and maintenance for her should um, support her decision to remain within the home. Okay. So th- these provisions are very, very important cornerstones of key aspects of judicial policy. OK, just on those two points uh, of law, Mary Siri Kearney, Michael McDool has outlined the benefit to uh, a married couple uh, in, in tax treatment and the benefit to a woman who was divorcing and seeking restitution from the courts of getting alimony as a stay-at-home mother instead of what her husband wanted for her to go out to work and support herself. Well, the fact is that, that the uh, referendum on divorce and uh, all of the legislation that has flown from that actually ensures that in a case of marital breakdown that there is proper provision within the family uh, for both the spouse, the children and any other person that is affected by the breakdown of that relationship. So that has um, that has overtaken anything of, the, of Justice Finlay's uh, decisions. But this, you know, if we're citing cases where this has been deployed, uh, this was deployed by Chief Justice O'Higgins, uh, you know, in as cited as uh, to permit the automatic exemption of women from jury duty, in which he stated women serve a different uh, capacity and social function within the state. Citing this very now that that isn't true of the of modern day life as it li- as it is well, lived. There's, there's you know, our listeners today are, are in uh, caring relationships. They're in situations where women can have their place wherever they want it to okay. be. You know, they don't have to be ascribed okay, on to that. that specific point, Michael. Well, McDo- well, well, First of all, the mention of the jury, uh, Mary knows full well that it's many, many years since uh, uh, there's total uh, gender equality in jury service. Well, with respect, yeah. Mr Justice Finlay's decision is also no, many, no, many no, years no, no, ago no. and predates the referendum on, on divorce. And so, you know, if we're going back and being selective, let's be honest about no, no, it. I'm, being, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not accusing anybody of being mm-hmm. dishonest. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that this was a cornerstone of the of judicial policy in respect of whether maintenance and alimony should 
allow the the the, the, the mother parenting in the home uh, to uh, refuse to be forced sure. out of the home to I work. I suppose on, on the broader point of of the insertion of this in in the constitution, when the constitution was constructed, the monopoly on third level education and power in society was held by men. A number of the minority mm. of women who were articulate third level educated people did object to this at the time. It was objected to the 1960s, the 1970s. In 1993, 96, 2010, and many people have sought its deletion. Are they wrong? Well, let's remember that the great majority of women uh, um, who uh, looked at the Constitution in 1937 liked it at that stage and and voted for it and didn't take any offence at protections being given to mothers who did not want to be forced to work outside the home um, uh, by economic necessity. And but did they, they vote for a pig in a poke, though? No, they, they they didn't vote for it. They they got they got good value from it uh, in in terms of the uh, first of all. Um, we do have uh, ch- child benefit is paid to uh, mothers um, to to assist them. It's not paid to the father, which you, you, if you're thinking of the 1930s is is, is um, probably what would have happened then. Secondly, we have a much more generous maternity leave than paternity leave, and, and that's much more sensible. Um, thirdly, we have um, uh, a whole series of uh, decisions where um, the taxation of, of, of families where one parent wants to remain in the home is guaranteed by this article. Just, just to be clear, in all of those situations where you're, where you're pointing out legislative uh, provisions that you are indicating flowed from this, they reinforce the place of, of women in the home in no, the minds of some. No, the, the, this phrase, the place of women in the home, is totally bogus and untrue. They give to women the freedom to exercise their decent okay. choice. Mm-hmm. And can I make one other point? That just, Mary, 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 Mary raised one point about, about the introduction of divorce. Divorce is only available uh, a divorce uh, it can only be got by a court. If, if we uh, given by a court, if we go down the road now of uh, allowing uh, durable relations, people will be able to walk out of the home and that's the end of the durable okay, relationship. Well, the fact is turn. people walk out of the home all the time now anyway, whether they're married or not, and it is up to the Oireachtas to make sure that maintenance and all of the rest, that all that legislation is in place. Anything that Senator McDill is, is citing is all legislation by the Oireachtas. Taxation, all of that is all catered for by the revenue commissioners and the Oireachtas and the policy of the incumbent government. This is about the values of our society. And, and, and just, the, just in, in the, answer to what he was talking about uh, in, 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 in what he, he set out as the benefits that flowed from this constitutional provision. What's your what's your it, argument to that? Be- benefits do not flow from this constitutional provision. This constitutional provision on its own has not successfully landed any rights. It's an impotent provision, an article of the constitution that needs to be updated and needs to be strengthened. In fact, um, Mr Justice Finlay, in that same decision, because it was an overturning of a high court right uh, in that L&L decision, um, actually, this it is was the, to the, overturn this that. Just to be clear to listeners, the, the L&L and decision, to just, just, that, just, just to be clear, yeah. I want to be clear to listeners and I will let you back back in again. The LNL decision was uh, an application by the woman uh, to the High Court to get um, a share in the House and for alimony to be paid. When it went to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court overturned the part of the decision that would calculate uh, a share in in, in the family home. But Mr Justice Finley did indicate that where the means existed, the husband should support the woman in her current role, which was in the home. 
Yes, but it also it also says it, so they they didn't they they allowed the appeal to say it didn't create a beneficial interest in the home. Yeah. It didn't do that. That was that was the effect of that Supreme Court decision, and that was the Supreme Court overturning the High Court uh, in that and saying that the the subsection gives recognition uh, to the support which women within her life in the state and give to the state. But in it, it also says that uh, the following subsection imposes an obligation on the state. Uh, to endeavour to ensure. But it is the state that uh, that needs to do that. And that is done through legislation. It's gone okay. through whatever the government yeah, but, policy. But, but, the fact of this piece of this piece in the Constitution is dated, it's discriminatory, it is impotent, it needs to be removed okay. and it needs okay, to be replaced yeah, with yeah, a wider yeah. definition of care right. and a, and a, a gender neutral can, one, can, one, can, one that, can, can, that can reflects I, the lived lives of people simply, in our country. Can I simply make, I think I'm entitled to, 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 to just deal with that. I mean, for for instance, the Income Tax Act that was struck down in the Murphy case was brought in by the Oireachtas. It was the Oireachtas who were acting unjustly. And it was this provision that saved the Murphy family okay. from right. the injustice. Okay. Well, we, and that well, is because the Constitution is right, the, the agreement and the contract and the instructions of the people of Ireland by which all of the Oireachtas legislation uh, uh, is we, compared. Okay. It we, needs we, to reflect run, the lived lives the of the people. Fairly. We do have to get to another very important part of the CARE Amendment, which is the role of CARE we're going to get to that with Mary Siri Kearney and Senator Tom Clonan after this break. Thanks for Thanks. joining us, Michael McDool, and uh, we'll be back shortly. Saturday with Conor Mungon on RTE Radio 1. Saturday with Conor Mungon on RTE Radio 1. Uh, welcome back. We've been talking about the proposal to remove the clause referring to women in the home from the Constitution. That's one provision in the proposed care amendment which you'll be voting on on March the 8th. Now, we're going to move to what would be inserted in the Constitution if the proposed care amendment is passed. And this is what's contained in the proposed new Article 42B. The state recognises that the provision of care by members of a family to one another by reason of the bonds that exist among them gives to society a support without which the common good cannot be achieved and shall strive to support such provision. And that's what you'd be voting on, inserting into the Constitution on the green-coloured ballot paper and the removal of the, re- the reference uh, to women uh, that, that we talked about earlier with uh, Michael McDougall and Mary Siri Kearney. Uh, Mary Siri Kearney, what does care mean in this amendment? Well, on the 8th of March column, I will be voting yes, yes. I'll be voting yes to the CARE referendum because the Constitution must reflect the society in which we live. CARE happens in families across the, the, the state. Um, listeners listening in today will know uh, the care between parents and children, children to their parents, uh, couples to each other, siblings, grandparents, like the woman, the grandmother who came into my clinic last week, uh, who is rearing her grandchildren because her daughter and son-in-law are unfortunately deceased. Kinship carers, you know, there are people who, because the parents can't can't rear the children, they step in and they are doing that. So caring is happening and we want that care recognised in the constitution. We wanted to have that constitutional uh, status and the obligation on the state to support such care. We want, I want the Minister for Social Protection uh, to have a constitutional mandate, mandate when she's going in negotiating the, the uh, budgets on the, on the, um, on the provision of 
of care and the increase of care. Uh, so the institute, the we, I want her to have the instructions of the people okay. of, of Ireland that care is something that we value. We have created a special provision within the rights section of the constitution, and care within that family relationships. They, that is something that the case, that the state is now under an obligation okay. to support. Now we're also joined by independent senator Tom Clonan, a long time disabilities campaigner and campaigner for carers, indeed, who's advocating a no vote. Uh, from what you just heard there, Tom Clonan, Mary Siri Carney says this inserts carers into the constitution and strengthens the hand of a line minister in arguing for resources and provision for people who care. It gives constitutional expression to the idea that care, uh, the primary responsibility for care is within the family. And that's a missed opportunity. Uh, And you have to look at it uh, specifically within the specific context of Ireland. Ireland is the only country in the European Union where disabled citizens like my son, who's a 22 year old man, we're the only country, the only jurisdiction in the European Union where there is no legal right to live independently with care supports in the community to participate fully in the cultural, social, economic life of, of, of the Republic. And the Citizens' Assembly on this constitutional amendment and the Joint Oireachtas Committee on Gender Equality gave a very specific instruction to government. They said that, and I quote, the government, the state shall promote and protect the rights of people with disabilities to live independently and enjoy full inclusion and participation in the community. They didn't put that in. They, they deliberately, carefully edited that out because essentially this wording indemnifies the state against any financial support for families in, in providing care. And it also gives constitutional expression to the idea that the family must bear that responsibility. And I would say this to you, 98% of family carers, unpaid family carers, are women and girls. And this does nothing for them. OK, I want to get Mary Siri Kearney's response, but I just want to put this to you, Mary Siri Kearney, before before you come in. Uh, Leo Varadkar was asked why an alternative wording was not used in this amendment. And he said, so if you put language in, say, this is on, on this amendment, which was really, really, really strong around care, but you don't have any language in about cancer treatment, then you have a problem. You're going to leave some discretion. You have to leave some discretion to people you elect to decide how resources are allocated. Now, what you've argued there is that the hand of the minister would be strengthened by this in arguing for resources based on a constitutional provision. Does it elevate the care budget, therefore, over and above all other health budgets by enshrining that in the constitution based on the logic of what you're saying? The Department of Social Protection has wide ranging provisions. And when we hear their budget, it deals with everything from pensions and in more recent years, carers have been given a pension and get, and have it have a recognition of their twenty years of care. Sure, but there's uh, also so disabilities. There's also disability services apart from social welfare. So, in, in arguing for. Uh, the allocation of resources within, say, the health budget, are you saying over and above everyone else, the line minister for disabilities would enjoy greater power in arguing for what they're looking for? I think you are putting her as, at the very least on a par that she has a right to argue for the fact that carers need to be recognised within her budget. You know, it, it is, I, I, I hear, and Tom would, I'm sure, acknowledge that we have worked together in the Shannon uh, before his election. I, I, I spoke out very strongly for disabilities and the rights of persons with disabilities. And since then, he and I have worked on, on a number of things within the Shannon where we are very much in agreement. 
But that is the, the place for holding government to account is in the Oireachtas. And that is the role of opposition to hold government to account. This is about the constitution and the constitution having enshrined within it the, the function of care and the value of care as it is expressed within families. It is, it is a, 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 an unfair characterization to say that we are moving and uh, the, the obligation solely onto families. We're not. We're okay. recognising that that is, that is a cornerstone of our society, that family care, that care happens within family just, relationships. Just let me, let me go back family to carers to, Ireland sure. I, I are just, desperate I, for yeah. this to be voted yes. The, Kinship carers Ireland are desperate for this to be voted yes. Oh, the, Tom the, Clona, just the, 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 the reality the, in Ireland is that care for disabled citizens takes place within the family with, with little or no support from the state. When my son moved to the adult services, I contacted the HSE and asked them, what's the plan for my son? And they said, well, he lives at home with you. That's the plan. I asked them, what will happen when I die? And they said, well, does he have siblings? Does he have a sister? Yes. Well, she'll look after him when you die. That's the conservative, patriarchal, paternalistic, ideological approach that's taken in Ireland. And but, but, we, and, should, can I just yeah, ask but, you, but should, to go back to the question about Leo Radcliffe's comment about cancer treatment, like that's a very interesting point because the social contract in Ireland is that if you get cancer, you'll be treated, notwithstanding the challenges in the health system. If you have chest pain, you'll be scanned, treated, have a stent, whatever. But if you're disabled in Ireland, you do not get treatment. That's why we have children on waiting lists who okay. are I, I, suffering permanent paralysis. No, no, sure, and I appreciate and, that, but just, that just in terms of the provisions yeah, but, but of the Colin, referendum... But do, this, I, yeah, but this is very important. Ireland is a constituency that is hostile to the rights of disabled citizens. And that's why this wording was very carefully worded to indemnify the state against any such support. But I'm just... I'm just that, that's precisely the question I was going to ask you. It's replacing the text involving... Uh, the role of mothers in the home. And uh, Miss Justice Susan Denham, when she was talking about this before, said it wasn't saying their place was in the home, their exclusive place was in the home. They also had, under the equality provisions of the Constitution, the right to work elsewhere. If the state believed or wanted to use uh, the the women in the home referendum in the way you're suggesting it would be used in, in, in the disability sphere, they could have declined to provide free childcare because they would have said that's the mother's role. Why do you believe that the state will similarly try and leverage this new wording to put all of the burden on families with less support? Because that's what they do as we speak. That's, that's the situation that confronts hundreds of thousands of Irish citizens. Like, we're totally out of step with our neighbours in the European Union with the provision of care. We're, Ireland is one of the worst jurisdictions in Europe to have a disability on every okay. measure. Mar- Homelessness, Mar- 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 poverty, Mar- housing. My son can never have the aspiration to live independently. Just, Think I, I, about that. I, I, sure, He's a 22-year-old man just, listening to this knowing clock, so that we'll he, can never, he can Siri never Carney. have the aspiration the, to the live independently. The optional protocol for the rights of people with disabilities in the UN Convention would give people the right to complain to the UN and the UN to request information from the state. Now, if the, the government, the state is reluctant even to grant that, how are people supposed to believe that the inclusion of care in the Constitution would give them any concrete effect. Well, first of all, it is a wrongful characterisation to say that this is that this was written to exclude people with disabilities. All of the momentum, all of the actions of government um, are to include. We have a disability matters committee for the implementation That's of the UNCRPD. That, I'm sorry, that, that is, is the purpose of the, of the two disability ago, matters. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, just please, the without, just, just without interruption, I'll come no, back to you for a response. I'll come back to you for a response. The government voted against the UNCRPD in the Shannon on the 31st of January. The UNCRPD 
is the convention that the government has signed up to. The convention on the rights of people with disabilities. Yeah, the flowing from that is the Disability Matters Committee. Every government department has a unit within it for the implementation of that. In the Housing Committee, we've dealt with universal design in the public realm and in the fact that there are shortcomings in planning that uh, allow houses to be built and homes to be built that are not accessible upstairs for people with disabilities. Enforceability so of those rights for at this with moment in time, the Attorney General is saying that we cannot we cannot ratify it. That isn't to say that people like me and Tom cannot deny the fact that I have stood up and said we on many many occasions that we need to ratify the optional protocol, that we need to review the Disability Act to ensure that people have services, not just assessment. But there are other things: universal design, all of these things, community okay. living, I, I have to and go movement back. to accessibility. I have to go back to Tom Clonan. Final word to you in thirty seconds, Tom Clonan. On the thirty first of January. I submitted an amendment to government to immediately adopt it all of the protocols. It was a disingenuous amendment. And it was the government voted it down please, Mary and Article 19 would have given disabled citizens the right to independent care supports in the community. The government at every opportunity has re- resisted and is hostile to the rights of s- s- care supports outside of the family because it would create a financial burden on the state. Every other European Union jurisdiction does this. Okay. If you vote yes for this, it's an act of self-harm because every single one of us will become disabled at some point in our life. Okay. Elderly this parents, anybody yes, who's trying to get care people, out there will know care about Care for it. children, child we have, minders. We've got to leave, got to leave it there. That. That's, no, I'm afraid we're out of time. That's all we have time for. Stephen Higgins was our broadcast coordinator today. Research was by Fiona Don and Mark Dwyer was on sound and the programme was produced by Regina Henley. Stay tuned for Saturday Sport, including live coverage of the Ireland-Wales match in the Aviva Stadium with Des Cahill and Joanne Cantwell. Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1.